0: this morning, just a few things from that passage we've looked at in Luke's gospel, from Luke's account of the death of his Lord and Saviour, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ on the cross. Although the events of that day were the same, all of the gospel writers, they, they recorded the death of Jesus, but they each had a slightly different emphasis. They each brought out a different facet of what Jesus' death meant for us. Luke's account of this day, the Good Friday, doesn't emphasise the pain of the crucifixion, of having nails driven through his hands and feet. All of the agony and shame of the cross is covered in four words, and they crucified him. He doesn't emphasize the humiliation that Jesus would have faced as he hung naked on that cross on a hillside by the the road that goes in and out of Jerusalem with criminals on either side of him and a sign over his head. Instead, Luke Luke doesn't break into his story to spend a lot of time, you know, explaining every step of, and this, Jesus hung on the cross and that meant this, this, this and this. He didn't spend a lot of time, you know, interrupting the narrative to tell us exactly what everything meant but woven into the story of Jesus' death on the cross were these two stories of forgiveness because Luke wants us to associate... Jesus on the cross with forgiveness. And so as Jesus was nailed to that cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them. The people who were putting him to death, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And of course, the thief on the cross who asked Jesus to remember him, And receive forgiveness at the very last hour. Forgiveness, in one word, it's what makes Good Friday good and not a terrible tragedy, not an outrageous injustice. Because it's about forgiveness. We all know forgiveness is not easy when we've been wronged, when we've been hurt. But to be forgiven when you've been the one in the wrong, that's one of the most powerful feelings, one of the most powerful freedoms to be set free from the wrong that we've done. This day is about the greatest forgiveness, the one that we could never deserve. As Jesus went to the cross, he went so that sins would be forgiven. And as he had that meal that we commemorated just before, with his disciples, just before he went to the cross, he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. He knew that was why he was going to the cross. From the day that I was born, sin had a hold of me. And it was the same for all of you anyone who's been a parent knows children don't have to be taught wrong, children don't have to be taught selfishness, children don't have to be taught violence. Now, those things alone, sometimes when we think of sin, that's what we think of, we think of doing some wrong things. But, you know, if, maybe if we do more good things than bad things, we're okay, we'll be in, in, the, good, in the black as far as God is concerned. But actually, those things themselves, those things that we do wrong, they're not, that's not all that sin is. Those things come from a heart of sin. Those are the symptoms that prove that we have the disease. And the disease is always fatal. Sin causes brokenness in our relationships, in our society. Sin causes hurt and neglect and trauma, and how often do we see in society the way that sin spawns further sin, as people who are abused then abuse others, as sin spirals out of control, as lies grow to cover lies, how sin spawns more sin, how hatred spawns more hatred, and violence spawns more violence. But even worse than that, as bad as all that is, as bad as the damage sin does on our relationships and our society, sin separates us from God because God is holy. God is good and He cannot be just and allow sin to exist without punishment, without a price being paid. So I want to ask you this morning... Have you ever had a moment in an argument where you realised actually the other person has every right to be angry? (laughs) What do you think, Heidi? Have you ever had that? You argued and you realised maybe you'd done the wrong thing? (laughs) Have you ever had that moment of realisation of, hang on, I think I... I got that wrong. I've caused some harm there. I've done some damage there. And for all of us, I hope that is something that the spirit does in us. Somewhere along the way, it gets a hold of our hearts and makes us realize, actually, I've done a lot wrong here. I am a sinner. I need a savior. I need forgiveness. Now the thing is, when we do realise our sin, so easily it becomes a door that is open to guilt and shame that come in and grab hold of us and won't let us go. When we realise we're a sinner, suddenly there's all this guilt that comes attached with that, the shame that we feel that we cannot let go. I don't know about you, I I can clearly all clearly remember all of my worst moments in life. Those nights where you're just trying to get to sleep and you remember that embarrassing thing you said when you were 15 or that stupid mistake you made. Guilt and shame can keep us up at night, replaying our lowlights in our heads. And so sometimes we respond to that our need for forgiveness our guilt and shame like that stereotypical husband coming home with a bunch of flowers and the wife says what did you do this time <laughs> and we think well if i need to be forgiven if i just, if i got the flowers then that'll you know i've gone some way towards making up for what i did wrong i've i've made up i've i've repaid the thing i've done wrong And sometimes we can try to be like that with God. We realise that our sins need to be forgiven. We realise that we fall short. And so we try and pay God back. If I just give enough money to the church, if I just support the right causes, if I just put enough time into ministry, if I just read the Bible enough, maybe that can pay back some of what I owe, pay back some of my guilt before God as he hung on that cross on that cross for us as he was put there by sinful people jesus cried out father forgive them not because they were doing anything at the time that meant that they deserved that forgiveness They were putting him on a cross and putting him to death. If he can forgive those who drove in the nails, he can forgive any one of us. And so as Jesus hung on that cross, as he was crucified, as that emphasis we see in Luke's gospel is raised about Jesus and his forgiveness, Luke also emphasises this other question that's going on in the minds of the people, is Jesus the King? Is Jesus the Messiah? It's all well and good for Jesus to want to forgive, to to want to set things right, but uh, does He have the power? Is He able to? Let's say my, my sister owes our parents five grand and I say to Crystal, It's okay, your debt is forgiven. Do I have the right to forgive that debt? It's not mine to forgive. Does God or does Jesus have the right to forgive those sins? Is He the Messiah that brings the forgiveness of sins? And we see the various forms of this question put to him. We see the leaders. So we're told the Jewish people are there and they're watching. That's all. We're told they're watching. It's not so much implied that they were agreeing with Jesus being put to death, but the leaders, the leaders were watching and they were having a wonderful time. If you are God's Messiah, if you are his chosen one, come down and save yourself. And then you have the Roman soldiers at the foot of the cross. Now, they don't know this guy, all they know is that he's got a plaque above his head that says he's the King of the Jews. And they think, well, here he is hanging on a cross, that's pretty funny. And so, they start saying, well, if you're the King of the Jews, get yourself down from there. And even one of the others on the cross, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. And it's, One of those I think Luke presents it to us as this dreadful irony that the one place where Jesus name where his the reality of his kingship is recognised is on that sign that hangs above his head. As everybody else is questioning who he is, there is a sign above his head that doesn't say this man might be the king of the Jews. This is the King of the Jews. Now, yes, Pilate might have worded it that way to annoy the Jewish rulers, but the truth was still proclaimed there above his head. This is the king of the Jews. Jesus truly is the king and Jesus was saving people. The other guy on the cross called for him to save yourself and us. But then we have the other criminal on the cross who's had that moment of the Spirit working in his heart to realise, actually, I deserve what's happening to me. But he doesn't. I Something about this guy on the cross next to me, I trust him. I believe he is the king. And so he says, when you are in your kingdom, remember me. He realises that he's the king. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus stayed on that cross to save people like the robber, the thief on the cross, and people like you and me. He could have come down in a heartbeat. From way back in Matthew chapter 4, If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. This is what Satan was tempting Jesus with. And it wouldn't be a temptation if it wasn't a possible thing that could happen. Jesus wouldn't be tempted by something that couldn't happen. He had angels standing by he could have called on. who would come in a heartbeat but he stayed on that cross to save, to pay the price our sins demanded, to bear the wrath of God our sins deserved. He stayed on that cross for you and for me, for all who would believe. He knew all of the ways you and I would fail him, all of the ways we would get things wrong, all of the ways we would hurt others and ourselves, and he stayed on that cross to deal with our sins, to take them away. And I want to just close this morning with the beautiful way Paul puts that in Colossians chapter 2. Jesus forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross was a victory. We tend to think of the cross as important and the resurrection as a victory, but even the cross was a victory over all of our sin that was nailed to the cross. All those times my eyes have strayed around a low cut top or a short skirt oops it's nailed to the cross all of the times that I've flipped out at the kids because they're having fun a little bit too loudly. It's nailed to the cross. All of the times... I've turned a blind eye to those in need because I'm too busy. Don't have the time. Jesus has nailed it to the cross. We bring our sins to Jesus. He'll nail them to the cross. But there's there's something that goes with that. We can't bring them to Jesus and keep carrying them. We can't keep taking them with us everywhere we go, carrying the guilt and the shame of the sins that we've committed. If we've nailed them to the cross, if Jesus has nailed them to the cross, then we let them go. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. If we bring our sins to Jesus, we can't keep carrying them, but we leave them with him and know that he has dealt with them. Now, we can do that every day without props, Uh, but if I've got some notes down there on the floor, some bits of paper, some pens. If during the last song or after the service, you've got something you'd like to bring to the cross, you can fold it over, it can just be between you and God, you don't need to make it so that everyone can see it. Feel free to come up write it down and then leave it with Jesus. We're going to sing in a moment, but first let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We can never thank you enough that you, the Son of God, in heaven through all of eternity, would come down into our world to die an agonising death for us to pay the price that our sins deserved to bear God's wrath that are the just punishment for our sins and in so doing that you would take those sins far away from us because the price has been paid through the blood of our Lord and Saviour. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.